From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, U.S. Senate and President Bukele take shots at each other. Charlie Munger has some words about Bitcoin like usual. And you can now tip with Ethereum on Twitter. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, February 17th, 2022. Before we get started today, I want to give a quick shout out to my brother. It is his birthday today. Happy birthday, sir. He doesn't listen to the show. Still going to give him a shout out anyway. I also want to continue our conversation from yesterday. I got one more email, so it's not too much, but I have one more email and some news about the emergency powers that Trudeau granted banks. And so I just want to read the email, read the news, and give a little bit of feedback. Uh, first, I want to tell you why we're doing this. Look, we're not talking about this because of the truckers or vaccines or mandates or whatever. This is not the point of this show. The point is because when you're talking about banks and cryptocurrency and uh, the ability of governments to either control it or we're, we're talking about regulations. We're talking about where the crypto space is going, how it's being integrated into either law or regulations or emergency powers and how they're how it's being looked at. So I feel like this is an important conversation to have because cryptocurrency is being mentioned and it's being mentioned as a financing of, you know, and fill in the blank of however it wants the narrative to be taken. So let's read this email from Roderick. Roderick said, I do not want my crypto news injected with pro trucker stuff. I do not want the right to hijack crypto for what I see as essentially domestic terrorism and vandalism at this point. If players cannot bend down a knee during a song before a game without people losing their damn minds, then people clearly should not be able to disrupt global commerce at a continental checkpoint. I have messaged some of my favorite crypto people, you, Invest Answers, Pomp, and Coin Bureau, not to hype these people up. And first, thank you. I'm one of your favorite. I appreciate that. I think it would be best to avoid discussing it altogether. I want my crypto news focused on tech, developments, macro trends, candlesticks, charts, on-chain analysis, etc. Not people refusing to take a safe vaccine to help prevent death, which sounds like a reasonable statement no one should disagree with. But I know people choose to live in a fantasy land of conspiracies and selfishness. Thanks for the great podcast. Listen to it every day. Roderick. Roderick, I agree with you to an extent. I just want to say, and that's why I put the little bit in the beginning there is that we are talking about tech developments, macro trends, and on-chain analysis. This is literally, if we're talking about banking, and I'll get into a little bit more in a minute what uh, Canada is doing with uh, cryptocurrency and exchanges, uh, this is an important conversation. Again, I'm not taking a political stance on this, whatever is happening up there in, in Canada. If it happens over here, I probably won't take a political stance either. However, we are talking about how it's affecting the crypto space. And some news today of that is two Canadians' biggest law enforcement agencies are telling cryptocurrency exchanges to block any transactions associated with dozens of wallets tied to trucker blockades that have created mayhem at the country's borders and across the capital city. A letter circulating on Twitter reveals that the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and the Ontario Provincial Police have ordered financial institutions to cease facilitating any transactions tied to certain wallets and to report any information or transactions linked to those wallets. 
Another bit of news coming out of Canada, uh, there's kind of like a micro run on banks. So if you're part of the convoy or if you are somebody who's associated with the convoy or you think that you might be associated with the convoy, people are trying to withdraw funds from the banks. And so we're seeing that there is a spike in withdrawals and some outages when it comes to ATMs and and basically the ability for people to withdraw funds. So that's all I'm going to talk about that today. So now into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 10.53 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $41,940, down 4% in 24. We have Ethereum at $2,980, down 3%. Tether's number three. Binance Coin is at 413, down 3%. And USDC is number five. Rounding off the top 10, we have XRP, Cardano, Solana, Avalanche, and Terra Luna. Total market cap, we're at 1.88 trillion, a BTC dominance of 41.8 and an F dominance of 18.9. And you know what time it is. It's time for coin of the day. The coin of the day today is number 198 on coin market cap. Open DAO, ticker SOS. Price is five zeros two three cents. Point five zeros two three cents. Uh, so it's fractions and fractions of a penny. It's down 11.4% in 24. Its total market cap is 236.3 million. Fully diluted is 236.3 million. 100% of SOS is in circulation. I didn't have to put that into two different words, did I? Circulation. All-time high was two months ago, December 25th, 2021. Uh, it's down 80% since then. It is up 400% from its all-time low, which was sent uh, literally the day before. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Something happened. Um, I'm going to have to search. No, I'm going to pause this to go search the news really quick. Okay, so I'm back from looking this up, and apparently there was an airdrop on New Year's Eve going into the 25th. And from then, it just slowly, people started selling uh, selling their tokens, these SOS tokens. If I remember correctly, this was an airdrop re- uh, that was done on OpenSea as a way to, I guess, give back to people who've been generating volume on OpenSea. And so what does this OpenDAO do? OpenDAO project establishes the SOS token as a way to pay tribute, protect, and promote the NFT industry and those who are part of it. In addition, the project wants to show gratitude to all NFT creators, collectors, marketplaces for bringing this new industry to the forefront. Anyone who has bought, sold, traded NFTs through OpenSea NFT Marketplace is eligible for an SOS token airdrop. At the moment of writing this, this was written a month ago, by the way. SOS tokens were distributed to over 241,000 addresses and counting. And so basically you had to create, and if I remember this now, you had to have a minimum trade volume on your uh, OpenSea. And if your wallet has a minimum trade volume of that, then they would have sent you these tokens. They would have airdropped this to you. Obviously, people didn't want to huddle these tokens and they just started selling them off and collecting the money from this. Well, anyway, that's OpenDAO, ticker SOS, number 198 on CoinMarketCap. 
Moving into today's headlines, Intel CEO, and it, once we get to the end of this uh, article, you're probably going to come to the same conclusion I have. So you're probably going to just let me know if you come to the same conclusion. Actually, don't let me know. Uh, it's uh, pretty obvious. Anyway, Intel CEO has criticized Bitcoin's impact on the climate during a recent interview with Bloomberg. Said this in quote, a singular entry in Bitcoin consumes enough energy to power your house for almost a day. That's a climate crisis. According to Cambridge University, the Bitcoin network currently consumes an estimated 125 terawatt hours of electricity per year. That is more electricity consumption than most of the world's countries, including Norway, the UAE, and Sweden. This is also equivalent to 60 billion pounds of coal burned, 9 million homes on average electricity consumption for the year, and 100 billion miles driven by an average passenger vehicle. The CEO also took the opportunity to promote the firm's own mining chip, which the CEO himself described as one that would help solve the climate crisis. Hmm. This chip is going to be 1,000 times better performance per watt than mainstream GPUs for SHA-256 based mining. Um, SHA-256 is usually using ASIC mining, uh, especially with Bitcoin, so I don't know if we're going to compete with GPUs. Anyway, we'll see what's going on with that. The CEO may sound anti-crypto. However, he said this in quote, we're going to work on fixing this because of this powerful technology, an immutable, leverageable, digitized entry system that can transform currency, transactions, supply chains. And oh, yeah, this one is exciting. I, I think that we all came to the same conclusion. Hey, Bitcoin's destroying the world. I have a product for you that can fix that. So in the same vein. NVIDIA has seen its revenue from the dedicated crypto mining hardware slump from $105 million in Q3 of 2021 to just $24 million in Q4 of 2021, a drop of 77%. According to NVIDIA's filing, revenue from its crypto mining processor, or CMP, for 2021 totaled $550 million. That sounds like a lot, but it's only 0.2% of its total revenue for the period. Holy crap, they make a lot of money. A half a billion dollars, over a half a billion dollars is only... 0.2%? What? So even though there's a slump in their CMP sales, it really doesn't bother NVIDIA too much because their total revenue for 2021 is up 61%. And you know what? There's not much news about this processor so it's really hard to understand are they actually creating a good product it's a gpu competitor it's a gpu miner it's trying to mine ethereum or any other gpu based mining uh, cryptocurrency and so is it actually better than a gpu made for gaming is it more efficient does it consume less uh, electricity does it keep your cost down does it give you competition to be able to mine as much as possible and make as much profit as possible comparing it to other GPUs. So I, I would like to know more about this processor. Long story short is the sales are down, but the revenues are up. During a Q&A session at the Daily Journal annual meeting in Los Angeles yesterday, Warren Buffett's partner, Charlie Munger, continued his verbal attacks on crypto, this time likening the digital asset to a virus. And no, not coronavirus or the flu, but a venereal disease. He said this, I certainly didn't invest in crypto. I'm proud of the fact that I avoided it. It's like some venereal disease. He's basically calling it herpes. This is okay. Munger went on to list the reasons why he doesn't like Bitcoin, saying that extortionists, kidnappers, tax evaders, and terrorists use it. It's beneath contempt, he said. I have all kinds of things that I'm not comfortable with. I think an old guy is entitled to invest where he wants to invest. 
I think Munger's most telling comment actually came from an interview he did last May, where he said this about Bitcoin. Of course I hate Bitcoin success, nor do I like just shuffling out a few extra billion and billions and billions of dollars to somebody who just invented a new financial product out of thin air. And let me break this down for just one second. Here's the way I read into it. it is somebody who, he's 98 years old, first of all. So he's been investing for a very long time. And he's put his work into, in his uh, time, his life, dedicated to a certain form of discipline and skill. And I understand that. And so when something new comes out that made people billionaires overnight, he's not, he's nowhere near as rich as Buffett, by the way. Um, but he is damn rich. But he is looking at this as like, how dare you? How dare you become as rich as I am out of something that had that just got created? I dedicated my life to this. And so there's a little bit of like, I guess, animosity toward people who have now became rich based off of cryptocurrencies while he dedicated his whole life to do a discipline of investing and research and so on and so forth. So I think that's where he's coming from with this. And I think that's very telling. At the same time, I totally understand where he's coming from, too. I mean, he's a 98-year-old man that dedicated his life to investing and becoming wealthy uh, in the way that he knows. And so when you see younger people, I guess, invent something out of thin air, in air quotes, like he said, become billionaires, it, it, it pisses you off. Okay, but that's just being a hater. You can now tip with Ethereum on Twitter. If you guys remember, Twitter tips first launched in September. It allows users to link their payment details for third-party services such as Venmo or Cash App. Anyone so inclined to can pay their Twitter users for their insights. Their great tweets. You know, you get a dank tweet, get some tips. Twitter account holders who want to tip in Bitcoin directly can also copy and paste another user's Bitcoin address into their own wallet services or tip directly via Strike Wallet. Well, if you guys remember also back in November, we saw that that there was this hacker, Jane Wong, who found a way to hack into uh, the tip function on Twitter and add her F address. And there was rumors that they were going to do this anyway. Well, no need to hack. No need to have rumors anymore. You can now tip with Ethereum and Bitcoin. And finally, in the big news of the day, this is the one I want you to email me about. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Link is in the show notes. Read up on this. The Accountability for Cryptocurrency in El Salvador Act was introduced yesterday by Senator Republican from Idaho, Jim Risch, and Democrat from New Jersey Senator Bob Mendez. In a press release, the senators say El Salvador's Bitcoin law raises significant concerns and their proposed legislation gives the State Department 60 days to produce a report on the Central American country's adoption of Bitcoin if the bill passes. The Republican Idaho senator said this, El Salvador's adoption of Bitcoin as legal tender raises significant concerns about the economic stability and financial integrity of a vulnerable U.S. trading partner in Central America. This new policy has the potential to weaken U.S. sanctions policies, empowering actors like China and organized criminal organizations. Our bipartisan legislation seeks greater clarity on El Salvador's policy and requires the administration to mitigate potential risks to the U.S. financial system. President Bukele, he clapped back in a tweet. He said, OK, boomers. You have zero jurisdiction on a sovereign and independent nation. We are not your colony, your backyard, or your front yard. Stay out of our internal affairs. Do not try to control something you can't control. As you guys know, the Bitcoin as legal tender law in El Salvador has been criticized by the World Bank, the IMF, JP Morgan, and the IMF actually last month once again asked El Salvador to drop the Bitcoin law.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, leave us a comment. And if you're on Spotify, just open up the podcast in Spotify. On the left there, there's a little rating system. Make sure you click that and smash five stars to show everybody we're the best damn crypto news show in the business. I don't like saying the business, actually. Not the business. We're just this the best damn crypto news show. Anyway, I'll see you tomorrow in our weekend review. And until then, happy hodling, everyone.